0: You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content.
1: All right, welcome back. We're live inside the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Tom Brady gets another one. Shocker. Let's bring John McMullen John McMullen into the conversation now. Um, I haven't botched his name in like four years, and I just did it. So we'll bring John into the conversation now to talk uh, talk the big game, and of course, the QB carousel, carousel as it's deemed now uh, in the media and social media. Uh, John, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing well. Not as not as uh, well as Tom Brady, but as well as can be expected.
1: I don't think there's anyone on planet Earth that's doing as well as Tom Brady, you know, like he's just
0: yeah the beauty the beauty of Tom Brady is you know obviously the seven Super Bowl championships, all the money, and you know his wife makes more than he does, so he doesn't even need any of it, so that might be the biggest uh the biggest check mark of them all
1: yeah rough life rough life for old Tommy boy um all right John before we get to Eagles let's just get your quick thoughts on the game and really how the game went it was all Tampa Bay from start to finish and that Chiefs offensive line was a concern for many and my goodness it it certainly played out to uh to hold true there I think even more so than most people would have predicted
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I said pretty much all week, and that's what I said uh, on extending the play. But I didn't think it would be that bad. I I thought it would be a a closer game. Uh, I did have Tampa Bay winning, and I had them winning because uh, I didn't think uh, Mike Remmers and Austin Wiley could hold up against uh, Jason Pierre, Paul, and Shaq Barrett. Uh, So that part of it is exactly what happened. I thought the Chiefs would get some things done as far as, the big plays, but this kind of tells you, you know, people get obsessed with with the superstars, and understandably so. I I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great. Uh, Tyreek Hill is great. Travis Kelsey, on and on and on. But if you can't block people up front, you can't do anything with those guys. And I think people learned that lesson last night. And, you know, it's one of the things the Eagles have actually done well over the years, it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but when you are good, you, you build up front on both sides of football. And then, obviously, you, you'll, you always need the quarterback. We understand that. It's kind of baked into it all. But uh, if you have a good offensive line, good defensive line, you got a chance to be really good. And you, you kind of saw Tampa Bay just dominate that game up front and if you take it back further, Brian, you know two of the three Super Bowl losses Tom Brady has had. And by the way, with, by the way, he's lost three, so seven and three, ten Super Bowls. I, I just, uh, it's so amazing. But two of young. the three losses were against the New York Giants, for that exact same reason. They just dominated up front, and they made him uncomfortable. And even when the Eagles beat the Patriots, he had the huge game, obviously. But the biggest moment, what was it? Brandon Graham getting the pressure up front. Yep,
1: that's yeah. It's a great point. His three losses all involved, uh, you know, the trenches as we like to call them, and that has been the difference uh, in his losses. And yesterday in his win, you know, uh, Tony Romo went sports radio hot take on us towards the end of the game, talking about uh, like Mahomes and if he can catch up to Tom Brady. Brady with six, Pat with one, and if he was able to get a win over Brady, it would cut the margin. You know, just your thoughts on Mahomes now and if he can, you know, we're looking at our crystal ball, but if he can catch Tom, so to speak, and, and legitimately be in that conversation of rarefied air.
0: Well, I, I think he's going to be in the conversation of rarefied air, but more toward a normal great quarterback. You know, and I put that in quotations. He's paid Manning as an example. I no, no, he's not catching Tom Brady nobody's nobody's going to ten Super Bowls as a quarterback. Forget about it. It's not being duplicated. Um, it, too much has to go uh right uh, each and every year, uh starting with health, but sporting cast, you know. Talk about it all the time. I mean, people boil these games down to just quarterback versus quarterback, and it's just so far from the truth. But, um, yeah, I I mean, to expect anyone in the future, whether they're Superman or Patrick Mahomes to make 10 Super Bowls, I, I I don't see that ever happening again.
1: No, neither do I. And and you talk about duplicating it. You know, what does Tom have? Four Super Bowls since the age of 37? Like, how how have people not tried to duplicate what he's doing right now? Like, okay, what, what has Tom found? Like, let's look at the tape. And he hasn't really strayed off from what he's been doing his whole career, but I, he has a little bit. Like, he understands, okay, I'm older. Uh, I get rid of the ball quicker. I u- utilize my running backs as, you know, pass catchers but do you think now if ever teams and individual quarterbacks are going to try and duplicate what he's doing not just at an older age but just in general
0: well I don't think you can I think that's the problem sort of like uh, people tried to duplicate what the Patriots did and Bill Belichick and bringing in his his assistance I don't think you can duplicate it I mean, one of the things the Eagles did with Carson Wentz and why they liked him over uh, Jared Goff is because they thought he had the potential uh, to be that type of quarterback that could have a lot of autonomy at the line of scrimmage and make the correct decisions. One, it's really, really hard to do. And then secondly, I I think, you know, it's boring. And, uh, you know, Typically, when you use the term game manager, it's an insult to most quarterbacks. Talk about a lot with Alex Smith, who's won a lot of games, obviously, to a lesser degree. But if you don't make mistakes, you're going to have a good chance to win a lot of football games. And, you know, everybody's invested And and the cheap plug of of my show, Extending the Play, everybody's invested in big play. Everybody's invested in splash play. Instead of living the play, another down. Again, we full circle back to Carson Wentz again. And how many times have we said that about him? Uh, You know, just throw the football away. Just, you know, stop trying to hit a home run on every single play. Uh, And I think that's really, really difficult for people to do, especially in this era where it it is just people just, you know, worship at the altar of the big play and don't understand how staying away from the mistake uh, is a big play. Just the problem is it doesn't materialize. So nobody knows it. In other words, When you are trying to do something spectacular and you throw the interception or you you get stripped and, and fumble the football, that's a big play for the other side. Well, if you're just smart and you take care of the football, you never know that that was going to happen, but it helps you win football games.
1: Talking with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at jfmcmullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com is where you can find all of his written work and host of Extending the Play every Saturday right here on AM 1490, 10 AM to 11 AM. All right, John, let's uh, transition to Philadelphia and the Eagles and Carson Wentz. And I know you have a new article posted on si.com today, available now. I urge everyone to go and read that when you get a second, if you haven't already. Carson Wentz and the money trail that led to fractures. Uh, so fill us in on your latest article on SI, John.
0: Well, that one was about the dead money and the fact that uh, the Eagles have seemingly uh, approved it. And, you know, I just go back the timeline of, uh, of contracts. And when Carson Wentz set his uh, – um, Signed his extension, which happened in June in 2019. If you look at the the time frame leading up to it, I, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo was the first. Uh, he signed for $27.5 million, uh, San Francisco. Um, then it got kicked up to $28 million with Kirk Cousins. Then it was Matt Ryan at $30 million. Uh, and you see these slight upticks, and that's what happens in contracts. We talk about all all the time. Contracts are about timing and circumstance, and you're next up. You generally get a little bit more than the guy before you, and that's how the NFL works. Um, ultimately, you know, there was a little bit of a spike when Aaron Rodgers was up. It went up to 33 and a half. Then it was Russell Wilson at 35. And, and Carson, when he signed, he couldn't pass those guys. So he got an average annual value of 32, but he did get $107 million in guarantees, which tied Russell Wilson for the most ever. That's the way the NFL works. You're the next guy. That's what you get. And since it's been broken time and time again to the point where, as we talk about potentially trading Carson Wentz, what do you hear? For a team that wants to acquire him, contract's not that bad. That's how quickly things move. The next guy gets a little bit more. Now, I, I think where most people don't understand on the other side of the fence, it happens the exact same way. And, you know, it, it started with Brandon Cooks. Uh, the most recent timeline in Dead Money, which was $21 million. Then it was Antonio Brown, who obviously went off the rails, and, and um, he was twenty-one point eight million. And then it was just set again by the Rams again with Jared Goff at twenty two point two million. But you see the slight increments. And it, and and the Eagles, essentially, Jeffrey Lurie has approved thirty three point eight million dollars. So that goes from twenty two point two to thirty 3.8. And what that tells you is Jeffrey Lurie wants Carson Wentz out of his building at all costs. Now, why did that happen? What is going on that fractured this relationship to this point? And everybody is looking for that. And that's sort of like, um, you know, the missing link, so to speak. Uh, every, it was Doug Peterson. It wasn't Doug Peterson. That's evident. Uh, and, and I think what everyone is missing is it's a bunch of things. It's a lot of little things that created a pa- perfect storm. Uh, one was the autonomy at the line of scrimmage, and, and that got taken away from him. Well, one is the personality, uh, and that certain guys just don't like Carson uh, because of his personality. Um The injuries, that's another uh, part of it. And the fact that he's not the same due to the knee injuries and the back injuries. And you have all these little dominoes getting to the point where this organization is so sick of this player, it is willing to explode that number to a point that it's never happened before. Uh, In the history of this, it's unprecedented. You Use that term, and a lot of people overuse that term. This is literally and literally used correctly, unprecedented. So, how bad does this relationship have to be? Uh, it's amazing when we've gotten to the point we've gotten to.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it, but it's at least consistent. I haven't really understood. Anything this team has done uh, this entire season, off-season, in-season, it doesn't matter. I mean, you just search Jeffrey Lurie and his thoughts on Carson Wentz on Google or whatever you want to use on the internet, and you see quotes from Jeffrey Lurie as early as three, four weeks ago talking about Carson Wentz, and he's excited for him to realize his full potential, and he has a bright future in, in the city, and, and they're going to get things right. and um You know, I I don't know. Like, the only thing we can point to, but that's not in house, is the golf and Stafford trade. It seems like since that point, the team is more willing to let these reports come out and not really fully deny them. And now here we are. We're just waiting for the bomb to drop, so to speak, of Carson Wentz being traded. It's just a matter of where and and, uh, for who, right?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, part of that is playing the game, obviously. Uh, And you want to pump up the value as much as possible. And that's what the Eagles have been doing behind the scenes. Uh, They've really been trying to trade him since uh, early in the process. Um, But if you come out and say that, obviously, uh, you hurt the value even more. So uh, if you believe some of the rumors, and we'll see, I mean, until they, they come to fruition, uh, I would say it, it would be pretty impressive uh, that the Eagles were able to pump up this market as much as they have, again, if, if any of that comes to fruition. Um, on the other hand, you know, the latest news from Mike Garofalo on the NFL Network is that things are not moving as quickly as they seemed. And uh, if you want to believe that part of it, then all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking Indianapolis, Chicago. And everybody else, whether it's San Francisco, uh, Las Vegas, Carolina, they're not buying um, the Eagles trying to pump up this market, and, and they're holding firm. And if that's the case, it's not it's not good news for the Eagles. And one of the things in Philly Voice I wrote, and, and going back to Tom Brady a little bit, if you go back uh, another part of this piece of this puzzle – if you go back to the offseason, Ryan, remember what happened to Tom. And, uh, you know, he's leaving New England. He's going to Tampa Bay. But if you remember some of those things I mentioned last week on the show, he, he, he you remember the funny little moment when he walked into the wrong house, thinking it was Byron Leftwich's house. He, he was going to Byron Leftwich's house to get the playbook, to get into the system. Um, you know, he got a lot of he got a lot of crap for uh, practicing in public parks with his new teammates during the pandemic. There's a lot of, you know, moral outrage and, you know, whatever, those people. I, I, I don't care. But the point is that that's a guy always trying to get better. And I I think Carson who who has you know mechanic mechanical issues to begin with was left to his own devices in this first so-called virtual off-season, and he didn't do anything. And I think that uh, it, it really um, contributed to his poor season. I, I think that's part of the puzzle as well. And that's something I know we mentioned with Kobe Bryant, Alan Iverson, I, I mentioned that all the time, when they had dinner together in Los Angeles. And that's actually a story from Allen. And he admits it. And Allen, you know, is saying, "What do you want to do? What are you going to do?" And Allen is going out to the club, and Kobe's going back to the gym to get better yeah. at twelve o'clock at night. There's a difference between the Kobe Bryant's and the Tom Brady's of the world, than just the average player that has talent. Yeah. And I, I think you see it all the time in the work ethic
1: it's it's what it's all about and even these guys that are stars i mean Allen iverson's an example right like like Alan iverson was a superstar um for quite some time in the nba but he didn't have that he wasn't he, he wasn't built like kobe and tom is and that's you know that's even okay but because that's unique unfortunately that type of work ethic uh and carson just might not fall under that category and uh you know maybe the eagles have finally realized it so the chicago bears john that seems like the popular prediction right now, Nick Foles. (laughs) Is there any likelihood, I saw some reports, I have to pull it up from someone who's a reporter in Chicago, and they mentioned Nick Foles is going to be involved in this deal. Uh, I don't know why why the Eagles would want to do that, but talk about Chicago in general and if Foles could even be included in a deal.
0: Well, I I think the more... Uh, likely landing spot is still Indianapolis, uh, uh, but I, I think people default to Chicago because they assume the general manager is going to make a mistake, uh, and maybe that turns out to be true uh, because people have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard, who's the Colts general manager. They kind of know he's not going to go overboard. He's going to be very disciplined, uh, whereas Ryan Pace is sort of in desperation mode. Um uh, a lot of people thought he should have lost his job already. Uh, he's he's one of those guys, and you should never do this as an organization. Uh, he's essentially, uh, you know, he's got to win this year, or, or he's going to lose his job. And and if 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 you keep someone in a position who understands that, well, they're not going to be worried about the future. They're only going to be worried about right now and keeping their job. So. I think a lot of people default to, because of the situation he's in, he's going to overpay, and that would sort of uh, turn things toward Chicago. Uh, And, again, that might be completely true, uh, and we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, I mean, the Eagles want a a first-round pick. They asked for two first-round picks, which is, uh, you know, as the kids say, shoot your shot. Good luck, Howie. And I think everyone laughed at that. Uh, and I think it kind of scales back. Um, can you get a first-round pick and, a, and, a, and a, maybe a mid-round pick and a player? Uh, and then Carson goes the other way, probably with a, a, a draft pick as well. I think that's the template uh, that ultimately is going to happen. And from the standpoint of the Eagles need, would need a backup quarterback, uh, for Jalen Hurts. And, hey, let's be honest. There, there's not many better backup quarterbacks than Nick Foles. I mean, there's a guy who's uh, performed in that type of situation. He's also a guy that's not going to create waves. He's basically the perfect backup quarterback in every town but this town. Right. Uh, I mean, there we know, you and I know better than most people, Ryan, there's going to be a segment of this fan base that is banging the drums for Nick Foles from day one, and do you want to do that to a young quarterback? I wouldn't, uh, but while I say that, I also I also think Jalen Hurts is mentally tough enough to be able to deal with that. I don't think it's going to bother him that much. Uh, I just don't know why the Eagles would want that headache. But they're in a bad situation. I mean, they just got to get rid of this guy and and take the best offer they can get.
1: Like they're they're, I think a small portion of the reasoning behind trading Carson Wentz is just let's just stop with the quarterback drama and controversy, and bringing Nick Foles back into the city here, even as a backup, and even you know whatever. Like this is not a competition. He is number two on the depth chart, no matter what. It's just gonna, it's just gonna continue. Just a different type of story, but the same genre of a movie, so to speak. Like
0: nothing's gonna well, change. I, I, to be fair, I think it is different. And I said this with the original Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz. That that was specifically driven by fans. It wasn't an issue inside the building, not one iota. Uh, and I do think there is a difference uh, between, you know, something fan-driven. And, and something that is actually uh, you know, fermenting behind the scenes among the players in the organization. I, I think that's a little bit different. Now maybe, you know, now that I say that out loud, maybe there were a few players that thought Nick, but I, I don't even think that's true. Certainly nobody in the organization. I, I mean nobody in the organization, Was hemming and hawing. Oh, should we take? uh, Should we pick Nick Foles over over Carson Wentz? That that never existed. And anybody who says that is is lying.
1: Talking with our NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. We do it every night here, Monday to Friday at seven thirty on the Fix. Be sure to follow John at JF McMullen. Listen to him every Saturday at ten a.m. right here. On 1490 Sports Betting Radio, si.com, phillyvoice.com. Breaking it all down here. All right, John, before we let you run, um, when can we expect an announcement of Wentz being traded? This is pure guessing, but have you heard anything uh, inside inside your circles of when this could uh, take place?
0: Well, I mean, there was a big, big, that was going to come early this week, uh, Monday or Tuesday after the Super Bowl. And a lot of people in this league thought that that's how it was going to go down. And it seems to have at least cooled, cooled off a little bit today. Um, and, you know, I wish they would get it done. I wish it would happen as quickly as possible, to be honest. Uh, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I think you could be talking about weeks. And, again, the, the drop-dead date is March 19th. So, you know, I, I hope it doesn't last that long. But if these teams, and I mentioned those five specific teams with the Colts and the Bears uh, being the, the so-called leaders, but you can also throw San Francisco, Las Vegas, Carolina in there, Uh, If they're all disciplined, the Eagles are going to have to wait it out. And, you know, you're gambling if you're doing that because other guys could become available. Um, Situations happen. You know, what if things get so toxic uh, in Houston that the Texans finally – Uh, say, you know what, we got to move on from Deshaun Watson. Well, guess what? Then Carson Wentz becomes yesterday's news, and you got to wait for those same teams to put their best foot forward to get Deshaun Watson. Um, It could be other quarterbacks as well. Um, You know, the Falcons say they want to keep Matt Ryan. They could change their mind. The Vikings, Mike Zimmer said he wants to keep Kirk Cousins. They could change their mind. A lot of things can happen.
1: A lot of things can happen, and we'll be talking about all of them, if and when they do, right here on The Fix every night at 7.30 with John. All right, man, I appreciate it. Um, how, how did it go Saturday with, uh, with Colin?
0: Uh, it went well. I think you know Colin pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think we both did, so I'm going to pat us both on the back. We kind of uh, speculated how the game might go and, and mentioned that Kansas City offensive line. Um, and it, things being a big, big issue, but I don't think anybody saw it being that easy for Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and I think we all thought what I said at the beginning that, Hey, at the bare minimum, Tyree Hill is going to make some big plays. Kelsey's going to make some big plays. Mahomes is going to make some big plays. And, um, the chiefs will be able to do certain things, but got to give Todd Bowles, a, a, a ton of credit, uh, for that game plan. In a lot of ways, I think it was easy for him, but he came up with some interesting wrinkles as well. Um, You know, he, he knew he didn't have to blitz. He knew, he knew his front could generate pass rush by, by itself. Uh, But he put some three safety looks. He put some interesting uh, coverage looks on the back end. So, I mean, Tampa Bay just did a tremendous job. And by the way, we haven't mentioned, I mean, Kansas City was unprepared, and that's not typical of an Andy Reid team. So you have to wonder how much he was affected by what was going on with his son Britt and and that tragic situation. I, I I think that had a big impact on this game as well.
1: Yeah, that's something I brought up to Luke earlier. I I tend to agree with you. So unfortunate there all around. But Tom Brady gets his seventh ring. All right, John, I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow night.
0: All right, thanks,
1: Ryan. Yep, thank you. All right, one hour down, just like that. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, Luke and I will get more into the game last night. NBA and college basketball. Be right back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.